That's my that's my radio spot. <laughs> Listen to the Foolish Adventure Show online business into your earbuds. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Bye now, podcasting. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Welcome to the Foolish Adventure Show, where guru hype is banned, lifetime value of a customer is king, and the internet business has replaced the J-O-B as the path to financial success and personal freedom. Now, here's straight talk about making a living online with your host, Tim Conley. Welcome to another episode of the Foolish Adventure Show. I've got my good buddy and guest co-host Dan Andrews of the Lifestyle Business Podcast on the air right now. What's up, brother? What's up, Tim? How you doing, man? Man, I am just uh, kind of hyper right now. I've actually had quite a bit of caffeine to start my evening off just right. That's just the way I like you. All right. <laughs> Getting all hyper. So I want to talk about today, I want to talk about something that we have spent I don't know, ungodly amounts of hours talking about for the last couple of years about making money from our content, but with with a, a slight twist. You came up with this concept called Buy Now Blogging a while back. Yes. And you really tied it into podcasting. So me and my clever endeavor, I went out and created the phrase Pay Now Podcasting so I could be as cool as you. Yes, and I am eternally indebted to you for coming up with that. It's quite solid. I'm going to be using it. <laughs> so what, what is this Pay Now podcasting? Because I'm actually going to ask you about that as opposed to my, my take on it. Because I've got some ideas, but you've actually done a lot more writing and thinking about turning these concepts into getting paid quickly. Sure. So, I mean, I think that uh, it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on, on this because we haven't talked about this specifically, but uh, and t- the, the reason that pay now podcasting is an improvement over buy now blogging is that podcasting, I believe, is a better medium for selling products. Um, I bet, Tim, when a lot of your listeners meet you, they say the first thing out of their mouths is, I feel like I know you already. And uh, for those of us that are you know, uh, in, into the sales, we know that it's, it's knowing, liking, and trusting leads to the sale. So that's that first step already out of the day. I feel like I know you. Whereas I've actually met bloggers in person where sometimes it can be a bit unsettling because you're like, wow, you're somebody totally different than I thought you were from, from your blog post. And, and the other thing I love about podcast, I mean, I could go on about podcasting all day long, but it's also what I call slow content. So when people are uh, taking in podcasts, they're in very captive state. Whereas with a blog post, you kind of just come in, you see what you like, and you get out of there. And you don't right. even know that person. But with a, with a podcast, you know, I felt like, Tim, before we even started talking, I felt like I did know you. Because I used to drive through uh, the hills of California listening to you and Izzy way back in the good old days talk about internet business. And I was like, these guys know what they're talking about. I trust these guys and I want to do what they, what they say. If they make a suggestion of a piece of software, I'm going to go check it out. And that's the kind of influence that we're looking for as people that are looking to move people into products and programs and, and membership sites or whatever else our product is. So that's just a little soliloquy on podcasting in general, why I'm so passionate about the medium. So pay now podcasting is this idea. I really have a problem with this idea of audience building into the netherworlds and then hoping it's going to work out and then pulling them six months from now and deciding what, um, you, you know, what they want from you. I think this is a ridiculous concept. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's a concept that's been created 
because there has been a few very publicized successes in the, hey, I built an audience, a, a massive audience, and now I can monetize them with anything I throw out there. I, I create a, a $5 ebook. Boom, I've sold uh, 5,000 of them. I, I put out anything, it, it's selling. And those pub highly publicized ones are the things that have turned into dogma. And that's something that is irks the hell out of me. But yeah. let's figure out how do we not um, well, well, waste well, well, our time then? Yeah, sure. So, like, let's talk about why, why are these misunderstandings out there, though? I mean, a lot of the lessons are pulled from the internet marketing sphere, right? So if, if you have a million dollars in your bank account that you got from blogging, let's say, and then you just decide that your next business is going to be putting up a blog and writing about it randomly and building an audience and then you're going to put out a product. Yeah. I think you're going to be okay. You know what I mean? It's like no crap. It's going to work out. People are going to want to listen to you if you made a million dollars in business and you don't need to necessarily prove that audience right out of the gate. Um, there are some no brainer audiences and, and that's fine. Uh, in particular, if you're a business guy and you've got a track record, but if you're starting out in a new niche, um, you know, you want to basically prove the buying temperature of that audience. And that's what, when it comes down to pay now podcasting. And the idea there is start with a concept right out of the gate that has a price tag on it, ideally. And there are many products that we talk about a lot that you can scale really quickly. One is a consulting phone call at minimum, you know, you've got a really clear opt-in course, um, that's free but it would be like a course that you're walking people through. But I'd prefer even have an opt-in where, or, uh, or a buy now button on your blog from day one. So you're testing conversions basically out the gate. And, but, and that's, the, but, that's the concept but, of, of PayNow Podcasting. Uh, what about trust? Yeah, I know, I know you're concerned about doing business because you're a blogger, <laughs> Tim, right? <laughs> I mean, here's the, here's the thing, you know, um, if your audience isn't going to trust you because you have a buy now button somewhere on your website in and amongst all the useful content, tell them to hit, hit the hills. You know, if they're not, if they're not a buying audience, because that's where business people, we're looking for a buying audience, not a, not an audience that wants a bunch of, of free stuff infinitely. And so look, I, I have nothing against blogging. I have nothing against podcasting about your passions, whatever they may be. And if, 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 if bringing commerce into the mix messes up um, your website, then your website's not a business and I'm a business right. guy. And that's right. kind of the idea of pay now podcasting. Well, and I think that's a big distinction that, that, you know, I've complained about is the, the bloggers who blog about blogging, they've taken some concepts that are hobby related and they've taken some business concepts and they've tried to slam them together into this uh, way of saying that you care about your audience if you don't try to uh, sell them anything, but yet you're still a business. It doesn't work that way. It You either are working at building a business or you are building a hobby. And there's nothing wrong with building a hobby. You can podcast uh, and blog. You can do whatever you want, but don't pretend like you're actually in business. Well, yeah, the reason this is important is that people spend oftentimes, and, and I call it the internet marketing vortex. You, you see people get stuck in it all the time and it's very difficult to get out of, which is people they spend, um, oftentimes it's more than a year. I mean, we're talking significant, significant um, resources spent on blogs that are going nowhere. 
And, and, and one of the great things about pay now podcasting, let's say, um, you know, let's say you're doing a podcast about drug and alcohol recovery. Okay. And you offer a $99 phone call on the right hand side of your website. Well then right out of the gate, you can decide, well, a thousand people downloaded my podcast this month and I only sold two phone calls or I sold zero phone calls. And that's a way that you can immediately judge the buying temperature of that audience out the gate rather than, you know, pouring your heart into this project for a year. And it turns out that no one really wants to pay for that kind of thing from you. You might build trust in one direction, but not as someone that they're willing to pay for. But see, what I like better about that is that you're in a testable situation. If yeah. you if you're just trying to build an audience for a year, two years, you've never tested uh, what your value is to your audience. Just because you have lots and lots of people reading your stuff or listening to your podcast doesn't necessarily mean you're providing value at a level that they would would then give you back money. Yes. Because business is just an exchange of value for value. You have a product, they have money, you guys exchange it. If they are not willing to hand over money and all they're giving you is attention because, uh, you know, there's that whole idea we're in an, in an attention economy. Uh, if, if all they're giving you is attention, you know, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. You actually have to turn that attention into an exchange of value. Yeah. I mean, I like when Derek Sivers says that money or currency is the objective barometer of how valuable you're being in the world and profit is how, how wisely you're executing that, that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, look, if people really think what you're doing is valuable, you know, put a price tag on it and see if it's true. And, and the great thing about that by going to your audience and saying, Hey, is this worth 99 bucks to you? Or is this worth 30 bucks a month to you? And, and if they say no, that's great. Actually, that's exactly what you need them to say. Right. In the context where you don't have that buy now button, then, you know, you'll never, you might never know that. And I've seen this happen. This is why I think we're so passionate about it, is we've seen great people, great pluggers, everything, good people, people with a lot of potential go down the wrong road for so long. And no one ever really said to them, they never gave anyone the opportunity to say, hey, no. And this is the thing that we say, don't watch their mouths, right? Because that's the trap of blogging. Everybody's going to tweet you and Facebook you and comment you and share you. And they're going to say, oh, this isn't Tim so great. Isn't Tim so great. But, you know, forget about their mouth. Watch their feet. Watch their wallet. That's what really counts, right? So if they're not willing to buy stuff from you, then they don't feel like what you're doing is valuable enough. And you need to know that right out of the gate. Right. So to know this out of the gate, because one of the things that you'll hear out in the interwebs is that if you start off charging immediately, that you, you put a buy now button up there, you go to do some pay now podcasting, is that you haven't built up trust yet. They don't know you like you and trust you enough to give you money. So how does someone overcome that in that situation? Yeah, this is I don't even know where this argument's coming from, like some sort of the, the flailing of a over-rationalized freebie blogger forever and all time. I mean, look, you're giving tons of free value away on your website if you're doing this stuff right. And you should be giving free versions of your product away, right? Most of your product. Um, you know, let's give an example, a, a concrete example. Uh, someone I'm working with now, Sarah of the bootstraplawyer.com. Um, she does a lot of really cool things like where you can go to her and she'll help you with copyrights and trademarks and stuff. And that's all buy now. That's all buy now blogging right away. But 
hey, if you don't want to buy that product, you can get the free do-it-yourself guide right there on the sales page. That puts you onto an autoresponder where it also gives you five weekly uh, little courses that you can go through to do it all yourself. Isn't that great? So it's like, hey, I'm not really willing to spend the money with Sarah right now, but I would prefer to do it myself. I've got more time than money. So now I'm gonna develop a relationship with Sarah. I'm gonna be solving my own problems with her help. And you know who the first phone call I'm gonna make whenever I have a, a, a hitch in the system? Right to Sarah. Because she's demonstrated uh, real value to me and developed a relationship with me vis-a-vis -vis solving problem. So look, I mean, a lot of this is, is, you know, a lot of this kind of conversation comes up in the context of, coaching and training and these products that really have a soft value anyway. And part of what pay now products do is it forces you to come up with a harder value. And someone like Sarah has done that, right? You know, doing a USPTO search is a pain in the butt and we need help with that. That's a real hard, solid value. It's not join, join my dream riches mastermind or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, if, 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 if my product, Tim, were going to be Dream Rich's Mastermind Productivity Enhancement for Passionate Individuals, well, maybe I'd feel a little bit scared about putting a buy now button on it too. Right, because there's so much, uh, there's a much bigger gap between first showing up, then identifying the need, getting enough trust that you're going to hand over a significant amount of money for something that is fairly ambiguous. Yeah. And, and I mean, this ambiguous, that's the nature. I mean, I think that's the great part about this method is if you've got a product right away out of the gate, you know, it forces you to articulate what precisely you think is going to be valuable and then you can test it. Okay. So let's take, cause we we're, we're using buy now blogging and, and pay now podcasting quite a bit here. And I, I really want to take it more to the podcasting side because I've over the last couple of years have actually fallen in love with this podcasting thing. And I know you love it because you sell everyone you meet on podcasting. Like mm -hmm. you run into somebody on the street, complete stranger. Hey, you need to be podcasting. So it's awkward. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, what is that? It's like, dude. Okay. I get it. Thanks. <laughs> like it actually doesn't need the, the advice. No one's taking it anymore. Cause they're like, you tell that to everybody. Like you told that to your mom three times yeah. last night. So yeah, you need to be podcasting. Okay. So what's really the difference then with podcasting versus blogging? The key thing to me is having a personal relationship with your audience. And the other thing is, is, and I just want to, cause a lot of people think, oh, you know, you go to iTunes and there's just so much podcasts up there. I'm never going to get through the noise. No way. Not even close. There are not enough good podcasts on my iPhone right now um, to talk to me about the th topics that I'm interested in. Um, things that are like highly monetizable and highly niche specific. I call it creating your own mini New York times. Like I want a New York times for strategic tax planning and I want a New York times for smart drugs. And I want a New York times for, um, bootstrapping in Southeast Asia. Like all those podcasts, they don't exist right now. And I'm just waiting for someone to, to, um, you know, create them and I'll be a passionate follower of them. So that's number one, you know, creating that, um, relationship with your audience, but not only audience, but with the influencers, right? So all of a sudden you have a platform for people to share their message on. I will never turn down an interview, Tim. I will, I will get on the mic with anybody, anytime. I love to talk <laughs> about the things that I'm passionate about. And it's, it's a really great way to share the message. And it's a fun way to connect with people. And the final reason I think is that you get people to move those feet 
with podcasting. I mean, I think people would be blown away at, you know, if you look at the conversion rates, Tim, of there's two different things. You know, one is the amount of people that listen to my podcast versus the amount of people that actually flew to the Philippines to come to our events. I mean, the conversion ratio is crazy, especially given the cost. Um, you know, that's a $4,000 cost. And then when you look at the conversion rate of my membership site, those people all have a relationship with me through my podcast primarily. And 20% of the members in my membership community came to our meetup in Bangkok. It's not a small wow. thing, right? They came to Bangkok, 20%. And, and would that have happened if it were a blog? No, I don't think so. I think podcasting has unique and special conversion rates. And you know, this is purely anecdotal, but I've got a lot of amazing anecdotes. I'm not the only person who will say this. You'll hear uh, Tim yourself, you'll say it all the time. And you'll hear Rob Walling say it as well. Um, about microconf and what he's done with startups for the rest of us. So I think it's an extraordinarily powerful selling medium. Yeah, I just had someone, one of my members ask, hey, so when is is there going to be the Foolish Adventure uh, meetup in, in the Southwest, especially in oh, the yeah. winter because, you know, it's the only time it's nice out here. The only reason to live in, in Arizona is uh, is the winter time. So I was like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about doing anything like that. So I'll have to actually consider it because that is something that I, I love doing. Anytime I've ever had a member or even a, an, a listener who has said, hey, I'm coming to Phoenix. Can we get coffee? I've been there. And it's like, hey, I'd love to meet you. I don't want to just sit behind a microphone and not actually engage with listeners. I'm I'm all about that. And you know, you know, this is this is well, just to cut you off, like this is um, people want to do business with people, right? And this sounds like some sort of cliche thing, but it's so true. Like you see in our communities how we all move sort of like schools of fish. Because what blogs do is they provide you with information. Well, we're not just looking for information. We're looking for relationships. We're looking for inspiration and we're looking for vision. So like, I want to know where to go. I want to know what to do. So I'm going to listen to your podcast, Tim, and I'm going to listen to Dan Norris's podcast too. And and I'm going to follow what you guys say, because that's what, you know, blogs are really focused on just, Hey, here's the nuts and bolts. Here's the conversion rate. Here's the piece of software, download it, you know, implement it. But podcasts are really more about developing relationships with people. And that's why I love them so much. And that's why, yes, if there was foolish conf in, uh, in, in Phoenix, I think a lot of people would want to go to that. It sounds awesome, you know, because <laughs> there's so much more benefit to there than just what is the data? You know, what's the information? No, we want, we want the community too. Yeah, though they'll have to know how to ride a motorcycle so we can actually do this on the road driving through the desert because yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. That's baller. All right. All right. So I want to get over to one of the other items that you brought up, which was connections beyond beyond the connection with your audience, but connections with the leaders in your market, because this has been hugely powerful for me. The people that I've been able to connect with and it's advice that I've given to some of my members specifically for the fact that. I, I want them to be able to succeed and succeed rapidly. And the fastest way to do that is to be engaged with the best people in your market. Yeah. You know, so I have a story about that. I mean, one of the things that I was talking with uh, uh, Brennan Tully, who's a guy that I really respect, and he was saying, you know, we had just had a recent meetup and he said the, the biggest thing that he took away is like he was sitting there in the audience, you know, looking up all these people on the stage. And I'm sure he was doing the, the calculation on it. Like, what's the difference between the guy up on the stage and the guy sitting in the audience? And well, the difference is the guy up on stage just became a publisher and that's it, you know? And that was just one little decision that 
that they made. And, and one of the best ways, most effective ways to become a publisher is, is podcasting. Video is expensive and difficult and people bounce from it. We talked about the downfalls of blogging. I do think that podcasting is really the sweet spot in the middle. And it is the spot that accelerates those high level relationships like you're talking about. I mean, just the anecdotes I could tell from the last few weeks, I was just on the phone with Ron Davidson. You know, um, I read this book called The Fourth Economy, which really impacted the way I think about business. And sure enough, you know, I'm on the phone a couple weeks later with the author. And I've got a, a real legitimate excuse and, and, and uh, there's a benefit for him. And so the confidence starts to steamroll, you know, and because I've talked to Ron Davidson and maybe a couple other guys like him, maybe my voice doesn't shake quite as much, you know, and, and now the confidence is rolling and maybe I see him as a little bit more of a peer than somebody that I just think is this guy that walks on water. And I think if you're going to be successful in your niche and if you're going to be successful in business, you can't be someone that's ultimately timid to everything in life. And, and it, it is these kinds of things that can help you get that confidence ball rolling. Yeah, I like, I like what you said about becoming a peer. Because once you're a peer with the leading people in your marketplace, then your audience is definitely going to be more interested in buying from you because they, they want to buy from someone who knows what they're doing. They want to yeah. buy from someone who's an authority in the field because people like to buy from experts. They, yeah. they want to know that their money is going to something that is a no-brainer. It's like, oh, I'm definitely going to buy from Dan Andrews versus buying from somebody I've never met before. Because look, he's he had Derek Sivers come out and talk at his uh, at his meetup in Bangkok. Yeah, and all those things they just comp they add on top of it. Podcasting is not a super fast medium to money. No, but it leads to so many things that you can really engage deeply. Uh, with people and and as you were saying about with iTunes because there is such a lack of of good good podcasts on there so and true. when there yeah when there are podcasts that are good they usually disappear in less than a year true that, true as well yeah so that so that you could gain some quick traction testable traction with with the people who listen so you you may only get a hundred people to listen on that very first episode. If you did, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the whole thing is like, that's the cool thing about podcasting. If only a hundred, someone asked me, you know, uh, uh, for the first, you know, five months of my podcast, only like 40 people were downloading my show. And uh, someone asked me, how did you feel about that, man? There was only 40 people listening to your show. I was like, are you kidding me? There was 40 people listening to my show. It was freaking phenomenal. You know, normally I can hardly get my dog to listen to what I'm saying. And now there's 40 people listening to what I'm saying. And, and here's another thing about podcasting. And when you think about strategy, strategy is going to be one of my new things I'm really going to hit on. And strategy is about having a discrete plan that focuses on a point of leverage. And the point of leverage that podcasters develop, and this is a relatively low resource way to do it, is audience and platform. So now Tim Conley, maybe, you know, in the internet marketing sphere, nobody knew Tim Conley two years ago. Now you could go to Derek Sivers, for a fact, for sure, and say, hey, Derek, would you mind coming on to the Foolish Adventure Show? My audience, we love you. It would be great to have you. There's thousands of people that listen to this show. Who's not? Who's going to turn you down? And I think that's a strategy. You know, the idea of, you know, accelerating your progress is, you know, having a point of leverage, having a point of power. And with podcasting, this is an amazing opportunity for little, little guys like us, you know, I'll speak for myself, you know, go out there and to develop a real point of power. And now maybe people will look at me as somewhat of an equal or someone of his a peer. It's like, wow, well, Dan, 
you know, who knows what else he's done, but he's got this audience. Uh, so I, I want to jump in here and go from from this. Okay, we're we've got people listening to our show. Maybe it's forty people, but how do we get them to that buy now button? Well, I don't know if it's that difficult to be honest. Once you have it, you know, because if they're not going there, it says more about your product than anything else. You know what I mean? If you're talking about um, SEO conversions and you've got this really clear value proposition. Um, you know, on your sales page for an SEO product and people aren't buying it, well, then you just need to change the value proposition. It's like, um, you know, my, my buddy Ian Borders was recently talking about SE, uh, conversions optimization. And he basically said, look, like the color of your button and the layout of your sales page, he's like, that's just, that's so, that's like the 20%. The 80% that's really, you know, what's creating the biggest impact is your offer. How good is your offer? And I think that that's, that's that's where all all your focus needs to be, and so talk to your audience about them, about what your offer is, and what's working for them, or what's not. Yeah, definitely. You know, ch- change your offer; it'll change your outcome. Yeah, you know, I know Tim. I know so many people, and I know you do too. Who, you know, they're selling something, but I don't even. It's sort of incomprehensible to me what it is. And I think that's the cool part about when there's a buy now button. It's got to be discreet. It's got to be clear. It's not, hey, send me a quote or, hey, I'll be your consultant or whatever. It's no. This is 300 bucks and here's what you get. And if people don't click, then that's the feedback you need. Okay, so I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about people are listening. I've got my blog. So how, sure. do, we, how do we actually send them back? What, what's, what are effective ways of getting people to go from listening, this very intimate environment, to coming over to our blog to get uh, some other kind of information, some other kind of depth, uh, or even to buy from us? Great question. So uh, there's so many ways to do it, and I think people get really lazy on these points that count. I mean, if you want people to come to your site, you got to put some effort into it. And I also think that there's a lot of uh, sort of really simple ways to provide a ton of value for people to come to your site. So one is that we do is we provide really in-depth show notes on our page. Um, also, we really link out to our quote content partners. So, you know, when I uh, interview you on my podcast, Tim, I like link out to one or two other posts that you've done. And not only does that alert my audience of, you know, the value that they can get from you, but it also alerts you that you've gotten some value from me because you were on my show. So that's, that's one way to do it. Another way is to offer, um, you know, sort of third-party incentives for them to come to your sh- uh, your page. You could have uh, projects, like we have a Kiva lending group that worked great for traffic, or we have our listeners submit their photos, and that's kind of like a fun way that they can get a backlink from our page. I think it's cool to like give people reasons, you know, start a, a conversation about something that's a little bit controversial. I think that's a great way to get people uh, coming to your site. So I don't think it has to be like, come to my site and get on my mailing list. Come to my site and get on my mailing list. You know, how many times, that's not really a big pattern interrupt for me. I don't really take notice for that anymore. Um, right. Now, why, why isn't your mailing list an experience? Like, how about this? You know, come to the Foolish Adventure website and take the, you know, the Foolish Crash Course. Like take the 10 the step uh, quiz to see if you really got what it takes to become foolish enough. You know what I mean? Like hey, that's. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you there because I am actually building that as of the as of this recording. Uh, when I first saw you do that with the crash course on Tropical MBA, I was like, you know, I love that idea. I really, I really like this. It'll also take uh, remove the internet marketing 
uh, stigma that that kind of got attached to the Foolish Adventure show that I've never I've never liked. It's like I'm a business consultant, not an internet marketer. I do online business building, mm-hmm. and so. I realized that I'm, I'm looking at what, what's my opt-in as at this time, and it's about product launches, which r- really does just stick me in that internet marketing world. And I saw what you're doing, and I was like, I like that. So I knocked it off, completely knocked it off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't authentic to me. So I, I didn't launch it. So I actually started going back through and said, okay, this is what I'm going to build. I need to build something that's authentic to the Foolish Adventure show concept which is entrepreneurial education mm-hmm. and and so that's what I'm I'm working on right now got to get got to get it edited it'll be out soon which is the the startup course it's going to Sweet. actually say here's how you start up a business it'll be great for people who are just getting started in business and it'll be great for people who have been doing a business for a long time because there's going to be very powerful key elements inside of it. And it was all because of what, what you were doing, because you said, oh, I need to, I need to engage with my audience on a different, a different way other than, oh, here's my crappy ebook. Well, yeah. And, and it's a bit of a pattern interrupt. And it's also nice because a lot of times people don't want just more stuff to digest. They want to sort of be moved, moved along to a result. So yeah, if you look at like the, the, yeah, the startup lawyer, it's like, Hey, you know, when you sign up for that, you're not going to get, you know, five ebooks that you got to read. Then what instead you're going to be walked through the five step process to like do your own patent search or whatever. Right. I can, I can tell you an insider thing about when we changed um, it from like, normally what my old opt in was, Tim was like, get 50 podcasts of like all this entrepreneurial inspiration. Like, you know, I I spent some time with the copy. It was pretty robust. Um, When we changed it to take the tropical MBA crash course, our opt ins went up 257%. But we made a huge mistake. So we had a 10 email autoresponder series that walked people through. It was fun. It was light. It was cool. Like some Q&A stuff throughout the email um, series. But it was for beginners. And the product that we put in the sales pitch emails that were part of um, the responder series was for a product that was for advanced people. And it's, I don't know. It was a simple mistake, you know, because I thought, you know, ad opt-in, you want to start at square one, right? Right. Um, but I was, you know, if an, if, a, if an autoresponder series is supposed to be a bridge that gets people to your products, my warning to your audience is just make sure, you know, you don't need to get everybody on your email opt-in list. And maybe it's not so impressive that 257% increase because I was having a lot of people get on my mailing list that aren't candidates to buy my products. Right. So I think, I think that that was a big mistake that we made and we're addressing it right now. But yeah, anyway, I'm, that, that's um, some of the things that we've done to get people um, back to the blog. Okay. All right. So then, so let's, let's finish this up and actually go over some things about how to get this process going. So how do we actually create our pay now podcast? Well, okay. So I would say this, I think the most important thing is that you got to have something to say. You got to have a good show. And I think, oh, there's a cheap and easy way to do this. I got to get me one of those. (laughs) <laughs> there's a cheap and easy way to do this. cheap and easy just like tim which is <laughs> you 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 solve problems so sit down and ask yourself who's your target prospect and what are 10 problems that they have um you know r- related to, to your target market whatever whatever they're trying to get to and then just crush it 
solving those problems for people. And if you don't know, go out and do the research. Go out and call people that know the solutions to these problems and stay focused on those problems. Because until you become a good podcaster like Tim or you've got a lot of relationships like Tim where you know you can kind of call up anybody nowadays. So you can just kind of be interesting. But if you're just getting started, I think one way to be interesting is to solve problems and, and just figure out what are the top 10 problems. This is what I did with my Outsourcing to the Philippines podcast. It's like anybody who's coming to the Philippines to do business, they have visa problems. So I did an episode about visas. Anyone wants to go on a holiday, so I did a holiday episode. They want to know the best place. You know, they want to know how to manage a remote team. So like I did a whole episode on software applications for that. And it was a really easy way to be useful and interesting. I didn't have to be clever or anything. All I needed to do was give the best information in the world for a very small, specific problem, even five to 10 minutes. Um, is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, for people that are interested in things like copywriting or taxes or banking overseas or traveling to Hong Kong, uh, they've, got a, they've got a laundry list of problems. And they don't necessarily need to listen to 45 minutes of like some, you know, talk show type thing. Maybe they just need five to 10 minutes of audio hearing from somebody they can trust who's done the research for them, who's delivering them the solution on a silver platter. And that's, the, that's a little easy hack to be interesting right out of the gate. I want to say that for people listening, because you, you named off some fairly technical things, people are wanting solutions to all sorts of stuff. You and I have waxed poetic on how we were going to someday have our own podcasting empire or whatever. But, you know, we don't have time to do all the different things that exist out there that we're interested in. Not yet. There literally are hundreds, thousands of different things that you could actually build a business on, even if you don't know it out of the gate. Uh, outsource to the Philippines. Were you an expert on the Philippines or outsourcing at the time you started it? Nay, sir. But I was after I started the podcast, and that's the trick. You know, and, and that's the beautiful part about it is I think you got to be honest, you got to be earnest, and you got to work hard for your audience. You know, a lot of people that I uh, see having blogs that are failing it's they're being wimpy and they're not really, you know, putting their heart and soul into it. I mean, you really have to solve problems and it's not that hard. Crack a book, call somebody that's smart, you know, do some Googling around for an hour and do some research and then pour it into your content. You know, if you do that hard work for your audience, they're going to appreciate that. They're going to know that and they're going to trust that. And with the case of the outsource the Philippines, you know, the first thing I said is, hey, I just got here, you know, and, and, and I don't know everything, but I'm going to find it out. And here's what I'm learning. And that built trust. And, you know, yeah, because taking of that, because that reporter, uh, reporter approach as opposed to, hey, I'm, I'm already the authority in this. Absolutely. And, you know, that, the journalistic approach to podcasting got me many a meals in Manila with influencers. Like people that were, were running significant businesses wanted to have lunch with me um, because I was someone that had a platform and they wanted to hear my experience. And this is, you know, this is much more important when you're first getting started, these high friction, like how many lunches you get and how many phone calls you get is way more important than how many tweets you get. And that's some, <laughs> something that you should focus on. And that's, I think that's part and parcel, Tim, with this whole concept of pay now podcasting, which is you need friction in your business. You need, you know, you need high friction relationships. You need money involved. You need meetings. You need phone calls. You need to position yourself as an influencer in the industry straight away. Someone who cares deeply and is going to deliver that kind of content. And none of this sit back and put up content and hope people share it on Facebook. That's just, that's not good enough. What you're saying just doesn't sound like passive income to me. <laughs> ha! Forget about it, man. It's not going to be passive for a couple years. So you can let that ship sail. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that's definitely something that if you're going to do a podcast, you really need to be willing to commit to it for several years. Not not in that you can't make money for several years, in that you're not really going to get good for a while. Sure. You listen to the first year of the Foolish Adventure show and you listen to me and it's like, oh, he knows what he's talking about, but oh man, is he bad at this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you get, you get good at it. You're able to uh, have a lot more impact as time goes on. Your relationships get deeper and deeper. And that, that's something that I, I really want to stress is that don't go into the thinking, oh, this is going to be my passive income source. No, this is going to be, I'm going to start up a company and it's yeah. using podcasting as a platform to build that business. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it. I mean, that's it. That's just it. For, I mean, we're building businesses here. If you think you're going to have some autopilot podcast and some ebook auto generator or whatever. Yeah. Good luck, man. Don't, don't call Tim asking yeah. him why it's not working out for you. <laughs> Cause I'll tell you, put a buy now <laughs> button on there. <laughs> Hey, Dan, before we go, I would like to answer a listener question and also read off some iTunes uh, reviews. Uh, give back to the, those who are giving some love to the show. Nice. All right, here we go. First up, we got Ryan, who's got a question for us, and uh, let's have a listen. Hey, Tim. Very big fan of your online work. I think your, your podcast and blog are excellent, and I really appreciate all the effort you, you put into those resources. Um, recently, you had a guest on that was talking about uh, buying online companies and growing them uh, and trying to get them to the next level, and I found the episode really helpful. Uh, I uh, recently have started to get into buying used domains. So, um, so for example, recently I, I bought a domain that has uh, 3,000 incoming links. It's uh, not blacklisted by Google, and it's uh, it's got a good score on opensiteexplorer.org so it's a, it's a fairly healthy domain and I'm hoping at some point to um, to you know get the Google PR up and then throw AdSense on it and then uh, make a bit of revenue that way. Uh, I was wondering if you could comment on this strategy and whether you think uh, this is you know a healthy way to um, to build a bit of extra um, you know an extra revenue on the side or, or whether you think that this would be asking for trouble from Google so if you could just uh, you know provide your input, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks very much, and good luck with the rest of the year. Hey, Ryan, that's pretty interesting. I'm not the right guy to ask about making AdSense sites. I would say go check out the AdSense Flippers at AdSenseFlippers.com. That'd be a better place to go to. Absolutely. I do like the idea of buying old sites, buying domains, so that you can actually build a business off of it. You might be able to build a business from buying a whole bunch of these and putting sites on them, but you would really need to create a system that would allow you to put great content on them and, and build them up as individual bu uh, businesses of themselves. Yeah. It's really not what I know and what I'm good at. So I would say my kind of advice is go out and build a business that you can just be completely passionate about where you can truly serve your customer, serve your marketplace and have a big impact. That's that's the best advice I can give. 
But if you want to continue down this route of buying old sites, old domains, and putting AdSense on them, then I would recommend going over to the AdSense flippers and getting advice from those guys. That would be the best thing that you could do because I just can't give you the right kind of advice on that. All right. Hopefully that helps. Nice. Okay, now for some iTunes reviews. I've got a couple here. This one is by Brett Wybot or Brettybot. I'm not sure how uh, how that's to be pronounced, but it's a five-star review. Great content. I'm hooked on this foolish adventure. I'm a recent subscriber, and, and I'm such a fan. This podcast is not only entertaining, but also educational. Make sure to give it a listen. Well, thanks a lot. I'll just shorten that to Brett, uh, Brett Bot. I got another one here by Jeffrey Hendrickson. That one I can do. That one I know exactly how to pronounce. Another five-star review. This is how I build my actions list. All right. Love that. Action list. Got to have those. I've stuck my toe in the entrepreneur end of the pool on several occasions in the last 20 years, but always with no real game plan and no real knowledge. Always the desire and the inner drive to build something on my terms, but always lacking that special something. Tim and his conversational interview style with the heavy hitters of the business world that we live in today have given me the means to write that game plan and absorb that knowledge I lacked for so many years. One of the beautiful things about it is that he still struggles with new media, and when he asks the questions, he lives by his own no-guru hype code. He shows us by example that there really is a lot to learn out there, and he's right alongside us trying to figure it, out, uh, figure it all out. Thanks, Tim, for all the great lessons and for keeping it real. Jeff. Well, Jeff, I appreciate that. That's an awesome, that is an awesome review, and... For anyone else, please come on out and give us a review on iTunes. I know it's kind of a pain in the butt, but it really helps the show. It helps give a lot of impact. Love the iTunes reviews. Yeah. Tim Conley, he does a Foolish Adventure podcast every week, and he asks for nothing from you. Nothing. Except that you might one day review his podcast on iTunes. Please do so. Five stars, preferably. If you have critical feedback for the show, send it directly to his email address, which is tim at foolishadventure.com. Nice, nice. So hopefully you got a lot of value out of this episode and learned a bit about PayNow podcasting and how to actually engage and profit from your audience quickly and not be living on hope. And until the next time, enjoy your foolish adventure. You've just listened to the Foolish Adventure Show with Tim Conley. To get more straight talk about making money online and building a successful internet business, go to foolishadventure.com. There, you can opt into the Freedom File newsletter. You'll also get access to the Foolish Guide to Launching Products video training module, over an hour and 20 minutes of business building knowledge that can generate tens of thousands of dollars for your new product. Enjoy your foolish adventure. <laughs>